Conrad, a working mom of a toddler and an elementary school kid. And I'm Claire, the mom of two boys who are also in elementary school, and I also work full-time. We're two friends in the middle of the country, in the middle of parenting, in the middle of our careers, and in the middle of just about everything. Hi guys, it's Claire and Sarah, and it's time to begin. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> Sarah just told me right before we came on mic. It's so. time. We've had some we've had some odd yeah, we, uh, we roll-ins to podcasting <laughs> lately. We've been talking for the last 30 minutes I know. and I finally said we should turn on the mic. I think that probably about every other episode we say that when we first start. Yeah, that's problem probably true. with having friend things to catch up on and podcast things to catch up on, which are also friend related. Totally. So um, the reason I said, let's turn on the mic is because we started talking and referencing a friend of the podcast and former guest, uh, Richard, who Mm -hmm. came on to chat with Sarah about games, gaming, gaming with kids. And you have a funny story about that. Yeah. So I can't remember if I've mentioned this or not on the podcast, but we got a Nintendo Switch for Christmas, as did your kids got one too, right? Okay. As I predicted, it has, well, if I had more time in my day, it would, could very easily become a problem for me because I will start and cannot stop playing. So we only have a handful of games right now. One of the games we got is Zelda. And as a kid of the 90s, I naturally cannot wait to play this. So after watching my husband and son just fumble around it for like a couple of days right after Christmas, I took matters into my own hands, started my own account, started my own game that only I get to play. No one else is allowed to touch it. I am doing the quest in the order in which it is like supposed <laughs> to happen. I do not just wander around gathering things and doing battles. I actually do this. So this morning, and uh, to be honest, okay, I don't, I don't want people to think I sit around playing Zelda all day. It, this has maybe happened twice where I'll sit and actually like play it for a spell. Uh, <clears throat> I will reference one blackout incident where you were like, oh shit, it's 11 o'clock, Bowie. We got to go to bed. Yeah, that was last weekend. Okay. <laughs> So really, this has all happened pretty recently. I I sat and played it by myself once while everyone was out of the house. Then I sat up and played it. So basically, it's a one-person game. The kids just watch while I play it. Apparently, it's very entertaining. So my three-year-old walks in this morning, uh, like 6 a.m. before getting ready for school, and says, Mom, can I come watch you play Zelda now? And I said, no, buddy. It's like, and, and so Bowie comes in and says, but mom, you know, it's kind of like watching a movie to watch you play a video game. And I was like, okay. Like, I, I mean, it, what's fascinating too is it's so beautiful and you really are kind of like running around and doing this quest because I am doing the quest. Anyway, it, it was very entertaining. Um, and he has started asking me for um, tips, tricks, advice. Last night, he also came to me while I was cooking dinner. So preface this, my husband's out of town. So I'm doing the rare thing that I do in this house, which is make dinner for my children. I don't do this very often. I have successfully now burned frozen turkey meatballs <laughs> from Trader Joe's. I remember the picture. That's why I'm laughing. I put it on Instagram in our stories a couple of days Good. ago. And then last night was 
making, I mean, what was I even making? Mac and cheese? And But he, well, the problem is he keeps asking me questions about his Pokemon game. So I'm like, you can play this while I make dinner. Uh, then we're going to turn it off. Everything's done. You know, we'll sit down and eat and do whatever. Uh, keeps asking me to help him. What do I do here? And I have successfully two nights in a row burned dinner. So last night he says to me, mom, without ruining our dinner again, could you come help me get past this level? <laughs> Are you capable of doing both of those things? Apparently not. I'm not. Uh, because he he had to clarify, please yeah. don't ruin dinner again, Mom, but I really need help getting through this maze or whatever oh it was. Oh, my goodness. So. And Bowie had no idea that that was the perfect intro to this week's episode. <laughs> okay, so we're going to talk about um, some amazing pieces of advice mm-hmm. that we've gotten Maybe some bad ones, too, because who knows where this conversation is going to go. Yeah. Um, so we will be right back after a very short break with some of the best advice we've gotten and maybe given. And stay tuned. Thanks for listening. You can find us online at the middle of everything podcast.com, on Instagram or Facebook at the middle of everything, and on Twitter at TMOE Podcast. And if you like the show, don't forget to review us on iTunes. It helps. Thanks. Bye. Okay, guys. Welcome back. Um, all right, Sarah, you start us off. What's your number one? Well, it, you know what? Let's not rank. No. It's impossible. Not rank. They, they're so um, disparate, like yeah. different topics. But so let's just start. Okay. Start with one of your favorite pieces of advice. So some of the ones I came up with are very specific and some are just sort of general life lessons. So I think, so the first thing I thought of for whatever reason is pregnancy related, birth related, I guess, more about the birth, not the pregnancy. The end of the pregnancy. The end of the pregnancy when it finally is happening. I will never forget this. And I took this advice both times with my kids. A friend of mine, while I was pregnant, just at whatever point sat me down and said, the first time they ask you if you want an epidural, just say yes, even yes. if you think you don't need it at that particular moment. So I I didn't quite understand what she was talking about until I was in that moment. And by the way, if you want to have a natural drug-free birth, great. I did not. I needed all the drugs. Of yeah, all the choices. Totally, totally, mm-hmm. totally. I wanted drugs. So, the, so my first birth experience – the guy comes in or the, or the nurse says, are you ready? You know, should we do an epidural now? Do you want to wait? At that moment, I thought, eh, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. I, I'm fine. And then I, I could hear her voice in my head, you know, like playing over. And I said, yeah, go ahead. So the, the lesson is by the time the guy gets to you to do the epidural mm-hmm. after you ask for it could be hours, right? I mean, at le- it took at least an hour, I would say, by the time they find the guy, make sure he's available, guy, girl, whatever. The right. What's the per- uh, anesthesiologist? Yeah. That. Uh-huh. <laughs> I, I was mixing up three words in my brain. Uh, by the time they find the anesthesiologist, they become available, they get to you, all that. Things have progressed mm-hmm. and have gotten worse. So by the time that person got to me, I definitely needed the epidural at that point. So again, I don't know why that came to mind first when we decided on this topic, but it was a good piece of advice. Yeah, because you're hugely grateful. Me too. You know, I had um, my, my doctor gave me this advice, which was just sign up. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, at some point in your pregnancy, I don't remember exactly, maybe it's the start of the third trimester, whatever, they bring you in and have you fill out all the paperwork mm-hmm. and you go and do all your pre-admission paperwork at the hospital. And his advice to me was like, I'm not going to, I don't, I, I, as your doctor, have zero skin in this game if you, yeah. you know, have a natural birth or what, like right. whatever you feel like is your jam is your jam. He said, but I will tell you this, I think that women who have options tend to have better experiences. Mm -hmm. So in advance, you can always decline. But Mm -hmm. the problem is that if you decide you want one and we haven't, like you haven't signed the paperwork and you haven't done all of that stuff, it can cause delays. I'm I'm sure you could still get an epidural if you hadn't signed up in advance. It's not what I'm suggesting. But his point was like, when you're going through Mm -hmm. and doing all your pre-admission stuff, just go ahead. If you think it's even a possibility that you would want one, Go ahead, do that. Right. And then in the moment you can make the call, but at least we'll have already, you know, you'll have already signed your You filled out the paperwork. Let's be clear, that's what you're doing. Right. Right. And so, yeah, I was so glad Mm -hmm. that he did because in the moment I I didn't hesitate, but I also, you know, was was perfectly fine all the way along with having an epidural. I had two delightful birth experiences, both with an epidural. Well, my second was not delightful because it did not get there fast enough. I mean, just it it was my second one just progressed so much faster that I think even the nurse who was lovely and had the best of intentions could not believe how quickly it was progressing. Mm -hmm. So it was just sort of like, oh, no, honey, it it won't be time yet. Oh, no. Oh, bless your heart. (laughs) That's so cute. You think you're in pain. That you think that hurts. And then, you know, by the time they finally got there, it's like, like, I got the epidural and I think that baby was born like, you know, really quickly afterwards. Yeah. So, um, Anyway, I am seconding your advice. If you're out there listening, probably Mm -hmm. you have kids. You probably have your own opinion on this matter. But if somehow we have a Mm -hmm. listener, if listener number 11, as I like to joke about, um, (laughs) doesn't have kids yet, um, just Mm -hmm. consider it. It's it's good advice. I think that was good advice. I remembered it and was glad I did. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to take a a hard left because this one is not parenting related. (laughs) Um. But we're sitting on your bed. Mm-hmm. As listeners know, we like to do that. <laughs> and um, this was really good advice that I got. Somebody told me at my wedding shower, mm-hmm. and I really wish I could remember who because I would give this person all the credit, but I just can't, that you to always get a comforter that was one size bigger than your bed. Hear me out on this. No, phenomenal. Doesn't this sound amazing? So, yes. Um, so for example, if you're in a queen size bed, you would have a king comforter. If you were in a king size bed, you have a California king comforter. I mean, if you're in a California king, I don't know what you're doing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you build a tent around yourself. I'm not quite sure. But um <clears throat> yes, so number one, just I mean, the point was for like marital harmony. That was the idea, right? Is like the whole classic covers fight. Right. And, um but I also really like the way it looks because it it sort of drapes all the way down and yes. like covers the entire bed frame. And so yeah. I have ever, you know, I've been married now 14 years. Mm. And um, so that's how long I've been doing this, and it has been wonderful. I, I I've said I it to multiple people. Love that. As I, I just made this bed to, because you were coming over mm-hmm. to sit Thank on it, you. and was getting frustrated with the sides and couldn't figure out which way. And mm-hmm. oh my gosh, why have I never not so been doing this I all my life? How passionately I feel about this advice. I wrote in, and um, my favorite podcaster and yours, Judge John Hodgman, mm-hmm. um, has millions of little tidbits that he shares, but one of them is that couples should always sleep in a king bed. 
I don't sleep in a king bed. I can't. Is this a king? Yeah. This is huge. I sent in and said, okay, here's actual, here's, here's some real advice. Yes. King bed's great, but whether or not you're in a king bed or a queen bed, you know, buy a comforter the size bigger. And I sent it to him and he hasn't put it on the podcast yet, but I'm pretty sure he will someday. Does he do that? Good advice. Does he just drop random wisdom that isn't from, from him? Um, No, but isn't it? You good know, enough it is really good. That he yeah, should share that. I agree. Okay, good. I agree. Uh, and maybe we've we've frequently talked about my ongoing problem with my children climbing in my bed. Maybe if my bed was smaller, they wouldn't do it because that's part of our problem. There There's Let's room. Make it less hospitable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh God. Okay, what's still your next happening. One? Okay, I I don't I gotta decide where to go with this now because we're we're all over the place. This has not been a piece of advice I've gotten, but I saw it and I'm giving it to you <laughs> because um, I saw a tip. I I don't even remember where uh, we've talked a little bit in the last couple of episodes, I think, about your picky eater mm-hmm. and the situation. And one of the tips that I saw was let them go shopping with you. So they have agency in picking out the food and can help pick things out that you've tried. And I thought that was a good tip. Maybe you've tried it. Maybe you haven't. But I liked that idea. It is a great tip. Problem one, it involves me going grocery shopping with my children. Right. <laughs> okay. If we move Obviously, that, that's, a, that's an um, issue. It's a good idea. It really yeah. is. I mean, I've taken him before and um, – but I think if it were a regular habit mm-hmm. and, like, the purpose of it was we're going to pick out food for your lunches or something mm-hmm. and whatever you pick, you have to commit to eat. Yes. <laughs> that, that, yeah. I could probably be way better about that. I love that advice. I liked That's it. Good. I thought that was a good one and it reminded me of you, so. Um, I will. And I think we've had conversations – off mic (laughs) about this as well lately so so i um have another food related one okay like the segue i love it that's the Mm -hmm. same page it's i don't know that it's advice i've it's advice i give all the time Mm -hmm. sarah do you keep your butter on the kitchen counter or in the refrigerator on the kitchen counter that's right and it is revolutionary it's magical you're a wise woman Mm -hmm. married to a chef listeners stop what you're doing and if your butter is in the refrigerator well, the first thing you need to do is go on to your favorite online ordering website and take care of that. <laughs> There's adorable butter dishes in all shapes and sizes. Then two days from now, when that magically appears on your doorstep, you go into the refrigerator, you take the butter out, and you never put it back in. True story. It's infinitely better from a lifestyle perspective if your butter is not hard as a rock every single time you want to use it. A hundred percent. And... The fat content, asterisk, we make things up, but I'm pretty sure I'm not making this up. The fat content of butter is so high, it has to be out there a really, 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 really long time before any bacteria or anything germy um, happens to it. It really is not the environment for bacteria to grow in. Right. And all in all across, all across the world, <laughs> not in America people leave their butter out all the time. And it's, I think, a very American thing to put it in the refrigerator. It is. Now, if you have extra butter, like, like you know, if you buy it in a four-pack or something, mm-hmm. leave the extra butter in the fridge. That's fine until you're ready to use it and mm-hmm. then take it out. So you're welcome. Try sad. it. Let us know how, how satisfied you are with your toast. Yeah. 
after after you've changed it's your so ways. much better it, this was a new concept that my husband introduced me to late in life and i at first was like same reaction it's gonna spoil it's gonna you know get moldy mm-hmm. no never happened we've never been sick because of it and agreed the toast and really anything it's that you're putting changer. butter in is so much better yep. if it's already warm better butter agreed 100 percent. i like that one okay so the other thing I will say, so my oldest is nine and is now fully capable of making his own breakfast mm-hmm. and does it on the reg. Um, and for him also, it's much easier because the butter's on the counter. It's not up high in the fridge where he can't reach it. And then when he goes to spread it, it's soft and easy to use. So from a kid perspective, even so much easier and it just, you know, empowers him to make his own breakfast. Because things that butter can it. do for you <laughs> that you butter, never knew. Things, ways of room temperature butter can improve your parenting experience, you guys. Because you of that soft butter, there's your child can go to college <laughs> and make his own breakfast. There's a few things I'm really passionate about. It's covers when I sleep and soft butter when I wake up. And now you know everything you need to know about that. Me. That basically sums it up uh-huh, right there. Uh-huh. I do. Um, Thank you. Yes. Um, So, okay. So speaking of, again, just that autonomy with your son, I I remember in part of this, again, I, I know I've talked about this constantly on the podcast, you know, having my kids later in life. So I have friends that have gone through a lot of the things is just that wherever you are with your parenting, it's, it's just this like flicker in time, right? It's just, it's, it's not like this forever. It's right now. Like I I was talking with someone this morning about a four month old and a sleep regression. My oldest son had the absolute worst sleep regression. I, it was awful at, at four months. And I remember in that sort of like sleep deprived mom, new mom, Hayes Mm -hmm. thinking, oh, you know, like, is, is like, you feel like it's going to be that way forever, right? Like, I'm never going to get any sleep again. I'm never going to, you know, whatever again. And, you know, I've talked with, you know, and there's different things this can apply to, but just whatever it is, this is what's happening right now. It might suck, but it's, it's going to change and it's going to move on. And, you know, nothing is forever. It's just, this is what this is right now. Handle it. And I think that can kind of help you in that moment of just like, whatever the thing is that your kid is doing that is terrible, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of just give you a little bit of perspective as far as you know, yeah. life. And, and that applies to parenting or really anything. I mean, you can be at any moment in your life and mm. it feels like everything's crashing down and you kind of just have to remember like, this is now, this is this year, this month, this week, or, you know, sure. whatever it is. And then it's going to be different in so a little true. while. And I think if you're just, you know, depending on your personality, you can you can use or take that in different ways. So if you're a glasses half full person, just think to yourself, like tomorrow's a new day. This mm-hmm. will pass. It will, by the way. And by the way, it might not pass tomorrow. It might, might take mm-hmm. two days. It might take a week, but it will. Um, and if you're a glass half empty person, just think about all the other ways things are going to be hard in the future. <laughs> and you, you will look back on sleep regression when you are, you know... 
bringing in sniffer dogs to find that weed in that drawer of your 16 year old's bedroom, you will be like, what, what was I complaining about mm-hmm. for a, a little bit no of sleep regression? You know, who, what did I care if my kid just only ate a banana for dinner? Like this, exactly. is, this is hard. This is worse. Know? So, you know, I, so either go. way, we, we offer it up for both people. Both types of people. <laughs> you, you do you, whatever floats your boat. Exactly. Um, my, my kind of, my next piece of advice, um, and okay, this is going to, we're going to get a little full of cliches here because they're, they're cliche for a reason. It's because people keep Mm -hmm. saying them because they're super duper true. Um, but piggybacking off of what you just said about your friend who was going through a sleep regression, just this idea that like you have to put on your face mask before you put on the face mask of people around you, um, on an airplane, it's, you have to take care of yourself And it's sometimes really hard because we don't always have the support structures around us to make us feel like that's Mm -hmm. okay. And it completely is okay. So, you know, there's a lot of pieces rolled up into this. Um, Saying no was one of the things we were talking about before we got on mic. Give yourself permission to say Mm -hmm. no. You know, you're in a spot right now, for example, where you've got kids in two different schools, which means 100% different activities, Mm -hmm. different schedules, different everything. That's true of a lot of parents um, or just, you know, I I can't be at that field trip. I have a really Mm -hmm. important presentation and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with the fact that I have a really important presentation. I'm a badass. I have to go give. You know what I mean? Um, So just just forgiving yourself, giving yourself Mm -hmm. space and permission to say no. Not even forgiving. I feel like that just even frames it in the negative. Like own it as a positive. Right. You know. I think that this always reminds me too. It it takes me back in my brain to our Enneagram types. Right. So I'm – I. I don't like to tell people no. I want every. I want people to be happy. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to do all the things. I want to look like I can do all the things. Mm-hmm. And this week is a classic example of yeah. trying to do too many things, and you know what's going to suffer. You know mm-hmm. what's that going to be? Yeah. And this is an unintentional segue into the, one of the other things I was going to say, and I've heard this recently is there's so much talk about work-life balance and is that a thing? And I heard, um, I've heard this on a couple, in a couple different places or read it, you know, just people saying there's no such thing. Either there's going to be a week where your work is more important. There's going to be a week where your kids are more important Mm -hmm. and it's never going to be 50, 50. It's going to be 70, 30 in one direction. It's going to be 60, 40 in the other direction. And I was beating myself up a little bit today about just like, why did I think I could do all these things this week? I, you know, my husband's out of town. I'm doing more driving kids around than usual. I've had a multiple school activities and I just had to sit kind of sit myself down and say look Mm -hmm. this was a week where kids were higher on the scale for a variety of reasons chance Mm -hmm. bad coincidences of just too many things taking too much time and whatever um and next week we'll just tip it back the other direction and husband will be back in town things are more on a normal schedule work is just naturally fuller next week Mm -hmm. and so I'll tip it back to more of like a 60 40 work week and then you know it's it's just that idea like it's never going to be balanced and that's okay like I've I've really tried to take that to heart lately because I've heard it like I said a couple different places and just that outlook on it you know like it's not going to be even every single day there's going to be days where one thing is more important than the other have you ever seen um 
that movie with Sarah Jessica Parker, the um, I Don't Know How She Does It, or something. Mm-mm. I think that's what it's called. No. Oh my god, you should totally watch it. Okay. Yeah, because it's, it's about this exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, listeners, let us know if you've seen it and if you love it or don't love it. I, I'm not saying it's like the world's best movie or anything, but I, <laughs> it is for sure maybe at this point in my life or our lives, the mm-hmm. world's most relatable movie. Okay. Because it's just about working mom, um travels, mm-hmm. really, really loves her kids, really, really loves her husband, is not the sort of, like, bitch absentee mom that is right. sometimes portrayed, <laughs> and is equally not, like, the, like, saintly wife and mother with no right. career ambitions or anything, like, which is also equally as portrayed. Like, as mm-hmm. women, I feel like, sure, some people may be either one of those, I don't know, but overwhelmingly, my friends really fall in the middle. Yep, for sure. <laughs> um, and uh, I don't think that, like, that perspective of just being a grown-ass woman who's doing her own thing, mm-hmm. but by the way, also a loving mom and mm-hmm. somebody who cares about what's happening at home, like, that balance doesn't, in the media, I think, get enough bandwidth. Right. Um, Agreed. And so this is this whole movie is about that. Okay. So I just thought it was really... Um, I'll have to find that It's on Netflix right now, I'm pretty sure. I think oh, I saw it okay. scrolling through. But yeah, it's a good one. And okay. it's Sarah Jessica Parker! Obviously, Obviously. I'm in for anything that yeah. she's in. No kidding. Okay, so my next one is... It, this is not advice. It, it's just a piece of sort of wisdom that I always remember and sort of always carried with me. So... Backstory. I've talked about talked about it on the podcast before. I got divorced when I was about thirty. At that time, there was sort of a the, a big group of people I hung out with professionally, and several people out of that group were all getting divorced at the same time. And one of those was a client of ours who was uh, I'd say probably maybe twenty years older than us. Um, so she was sort of. Uh, divorce mentor, if you will. I don't know. Is that weird? Um, anyway. Having a mentor. Of any kind, right? about having a bee mentor. Yeah. You have your beehive mentor. mentor. Yeah. This was a different kind. I mean, and and that's using it in a weird way. But anyway, I just remember her saying to me and a couple other people one night, and she was saying, here's here's a pattern you're going to see in your life. And I think at that time, she was probably late 40s early 50s, I guess. That makes sense. She said, about the time you're 30, you're going to see a bunch of people get divorced. And then it's going to happen again when you're about 40. And I have 100% found that to be true. I've lived through both of those time periods now. And and what's weird is, you know, when I, when I went through my divorce in my 30s, or I guess my late 20s, early 30, one of the only people I knew when I first started going through it, and there was so much like sort of fear and shame, and yeah. I I couldn't even tell people like I didn't know what to say, and it was very awkward with the friend group I was sort of hanging out with a lot at that time. And you know, I think what she was trying to say is, you know, like this is okay; it's going to happen to a lot of people, even if it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. And statistics say right exactly (laughs) and so it's been this it's been funny to sort of watch that come true as my Mm -hmm. life has progressed on and I mean divorce is depressing whatever sometimes it's the best move though for the whole family and you know for whatever reason it was and I think there's this sort of wave at 30 that's maybe the I made a bad choice in my 20s (laughs) kind of divorce and then there's a second wave around 40 that's like 
I tried. We kind of stuck it out for the kids for a little while and now I'm over it. Or maybe somebody's having a midlife crisis. I don't know. But it's just been an interesting thing I've always sort of kept in the back of my head. And as I've hit those age points, I very much saw that to be true as I've gone through life. Well, I think the advice there is that, like, you're just – you're never alone in those moments. Exactly. Like, like it at, at a time when I, f- it probably feels mm-hmm. like you are. Yeah. Um, you just aren't. And right. it's just, you know, um, people going through the same things or people not going through the same things. But I think the presumption of being judged is probably infinitely higher than the judging that's actually mm-hmm. going on because, you know, um, yeah. I mean, my, my parents were divorced when I was, very young and at the time you know I still remember feeling like like that was unusual and that was this was in the 80s so mm-hmm. it wasn't that unusual you know it was this, we're not talking sure. 1950 or right. whatever and so I remember just sort of from the other side right. feeling like that I was the only one and in retrospect how crazy that was yeah because I was I, I wasn't. I was right. surrounded by other kids yeah. going through similar situations, other families going through similar situations. So, yeah, I think sometimes we have a tendency to kind of assume that what's happening to mm-hmm. us is is an outlier situation. Of Definitely. course, every situation is unique. I don't mean to imply that it isn't. But but I think always there's probably more community right. than we give ourselves credit for. And it's amazing where you can find support when you're going through those moments too. I made a lot of new friends because of that divorce because we were all going through it at the same time. One of them is still one of my very best friends. And that was literally the reason we were introduced to each other (laughs) was like a friend of ours who didn't know anyone else who had been divorced and was like, oh, I have these two friends. We have almost nothing in common, but we went through our divorces sort of together and then through the consequent, you know, the the dating pool at 30, which is rough, let me tell you. And then, you know, again, we just sort of built up that friendship and, you know, we're still great friends to this day. And I think, you know, part of this whole piece too is another just sort of wisdom drop or whatever. But, and, and I feel like maybe this is obvious, but I feel like it took me a really long time to figure this out is just sort of that, Everybody has some kind of shit going on, right? Like, this is my this is my Enneagram three. Also, I'll reference it again, but it's this just sort of like keep up appearances, like everything's fine. And at different moments in my life, as I've gone through various you know trials or problems, and the more I talk to other people about it, you sort of start if you kind of put yourself out there, other people will start talking to you or I, maybe they just talk to me. I don't know why people oh tell me God, their problems Sarah, all the time, but you couldn't have come up with a better way. I mean, you you literally have a podcast, sister. <laughs> like, I, I don't know if you're like hearing yourself right now, but like you are, you're putting yourself out there in a way mm-hmm. that is like other people are yeah, receiving. So, I love that. That's it's yeah. perfect. You put it out and then you figure out that Everyone has yeah. crazy shit going yeah. on in their life, and it's not just – and it may not be the same thing that you have, but it's mm-hmm. something else, and everyone's not this sort of picture-perfect image. And again, I feel like that should be obvious, but it, I, it took me a long time to figure that out and be okay with that as an adult, so I don't know. Okay, so to recap, friends. <laughs> Get an epidural. You're not alone. No. <laughs>
get an epidural, Sarah Jeb- Jessica Parker is the shit, <laughs> countertop butter, big, <laughs> big comforters, and wow. Zelda. <laughs> all right. Well, that's, that's all it we for have. the week. <laughs> Seriously, this has been a joy. Like always, we're just bringing you in to the conversations we're having anyway. Is our goal just to keep getting more and more random (laughs) as the weeks go on? Because that's almost what I feel like. Well, what I was going to say was, okay, we showed you ours. Now show us yours. I love it. I want to know your, and we're going to put this out on social too. Mm -hmm. What piece of advice do you have it can be for other parents it can be for other humans it can be for other women or men like it can be I, about food items i promise you <laughs> if you share them with us we will share them on the podcast mm-hmm. um because you know we're of the people we so. should do that okay write it right in yeah uh, like, yeah no seriously Sarah's looking at me like oh, <laughs> oh you've just had a great idea <laughs> that wasn't the worst <laughs> Oh okay. God. I'm we're we're going now. Bye friends. We love you. Tell us. Advice we need it. Bye.